0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Dedicated to the evolution of you, because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be. Helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. We're conditioned to think of guilt as being a way more healthy emotion than it actually is. Many people use guilt as a self-management technique. And the problem is that it works. That's why we keep doing it. It actually works. It's limited. But if it didn't work at all, you wouldn't do it. Hi, it's Joseph. And thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This episode continues the heart centering theme of the last two episodes and deconstructs guilt, a pervasive theme in our society, often not seen for what it is. This is another excerpt from the live Open to Excellence course currently in progress. Many people use guilt as a kind of fuel source without realizing it. It's sort of like running your car on a mix of gas and oil. It'll work, but it's limited and can have some serious side effects. Discover how guilt and unhealthy caretaking may be unconsciously holding you back and a deeper place to fuel your excellence from. To find out how to join the conversation and become a member, go to clearandopen.com. Thanks so much for listening. Here we go. And Sam said making the move from uh, from mind to heart. Is that what you were talking about? It makes you feel guilty?
1: Um it's actually making the move from survival to. Oh yeah, yeah. I've chatted about this with uh, with some people, Ed specifically, and I think there could be some kind of like survivor's guilt associated uh, with how I'm feeling with this because I know I know that it's okay to do more than subsist, but I have like this weird conflict with doing more than subsisting. Like it's like a moral thing when, when other people aren't. So for me, I know that it's more healthy to go some middle route. I don't know. I'm struggling with that. For, for, for me, it's hard to make the move from subsistence to success.
0: Uh-huh. I love it. Oh, thank you. Okay. So the first thing I'd say is watch out for guilt in general. The, the societal conditioning about guilt is that it's a good reason to base your actions on or it's a, it's a reasonable feeling to base actions on. Well, if I don't do this, I'll feel guilty. Oh, I gotta do this. If I back out of it, I'll feel guilty. And so guilt, we're we're conditioned to think of guilt as being a way more healthy emotion than it actually is. Which really, if you follow that, I mean, a lot of society would quite would fall apart. Just like the fear of punishment, fear of punishment's not a good reason to do something or not do something, right? It's it's related to guilt. Like, think about it. Do you want someone to like buy buy you a birthday present or something do something for you because if they don't they'll feel guilty how do you feel about that right you don't want that right you don't want that so why let it drive you in that way so it's fine that it's there of course we all have guilt but when when you experience guilt get suspicious be not okay with it oh like instead of being like oh if i you know don't do this thing i'll feel guilty you have that thought you say that out loud then next thing is like whoa guilt alert. I'm not, I don't want to do anything because I'm afraid of guilt. Many of us grew up in families that were completely held together by guilt. right? My mother used to always say, it's a two-way street. I do something for you, you do something for me. It wasn't until my late 20s I realized, like, no, it's not two-way. The parent's supposed to serve the child. <laughs> what is this two-way street crap? <laughs> She totally reframed the paradigm of our family. Like, this is a partnership of some kind. Like, what? No, it's not. I'm just a kid. That's how they do that. They define the rules. So guilt is is like fear of punishment. It's used to manipulate and control others and ourselves. We operate that way. Many people use guilt as a self-management technique. And the problem is that it works. That's why we keep doing it. It actually works. It's limited. But if it didn't work
1: at all, you wouldn't do it. No, I had never even considered that I was using guilt on myself the same way I resent. (laughs) People use guilt on me, right? That's new. I'm gonna have to sit on that one. Thanks.
0: Cool. Thank you, Sam. So okay, so that was the first part. What was the other thing you were talking about? This is the the, the, the problem with um, I'm operating in more and more flow, and this is the uh, my mind is not it doesn't operate like it used to. So there was two things I wanted to say. The first thing was about guilt, and the second thing was about this the movement to give me a little bit more of what you were talking about again, please. Moving from survival to thrival. Moving from.
1: Um, yeah. So so for me that that was that was really it. Is that um, I'm recognizing some kind of self sabotage thing in myself. Um, and I think that it's connected to why I kind of tanked after a certain amount of success some years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was quite successful in business or whatever, but I think there's a self sabotage element in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good to know. It's good to notice. And so, um, what I wanted to say when you were talking before was uh, about the cup runneth over dynamic, also known as the put your oxygen mask on first before helping those around you.
1: Yeah, okay. That I would love to hear about. That.
0: Yeah. So guilt is related to caretaking. Because when you feel guilt, when you feel motivated to do something out of guilt, you're basically caretaking someone. Well, you know, for people who are big caretakers, dealing with the guilt of pulling that back is is very difficult for them. But another part of our, our conditioning is like, if you're doing, quote, better than someone else, like that's somehow... Not okay, or Some it's like the same way like we hardly ever talk about uh, how much money we make. this is like considered impolite, it's taboo, because it immediately invokes this idea of comparison, so like whatever success you're enjoying or success you're not enjoying has absolutely nothing to do with anyone else. Each of us is on our own path, and. If this goes all the way back to this very old um, Protestant idea, the, uh, the Calvinist idea, where somebody cooked up this idea. is like, well, the more successful you are, the more God likes you. <laughs> I wish I could have been in the room when they cooked that one up. Well, the rich people with all the power, they're just you know, looked upon more favorably by God. That's why we get to enjoy all
1: this. Oh, right. Okay.
0: Which is the basis of capitalism, by the way. That's where that came from. Really, really interesting. And now it's been separated from the church, but uh, but in a, in a subtle, unconscious way, it's no different.
2: I think there are multiple layers to that too. If you look at uh, the survivors' guilt, like I, I just relooked, uh, looked at my goals for this, and their are survivor goals. There isn't the other side of the blade, even even though mine might be seemingly aspirational, like. You know, save more money for retirement, be prepared for kids' college, do things that are very logical and forward thinking and responsible. There isn't a single goal on my list that is open ended or allows for the universe to guide me somewhere mm-hmm. there there it might be a a more you know maybe you have the survival level and then there's like the next level that isn't like quite survivors guilt, but there's some sort of a Lack of reaching for whatever that that unknown next layer is, mm-hmm. you know. So and I don't know if it, I don't feel guilt from that, but I definitely, for someone that prides uh, himself, pride myself in my ideas, I certainly have pretty, pretty darn boring, non-original. Supposed to have goals,
0: <laughs> but I want to say a little bit more about that the cup over thing um, that that Sam brought. I mean, I think it's a general sort of feature of the the path of, of excellence, perhaps. You know, uh, I have a friend who grew up in schools in Denmark. And uh, Denmark is, is, of course, one of the most socialist countries on the planet. And, you know, amazing in so many ways. There's a lot of really stunning benefits to that way of looking at things. Um, but it's not all... Uh, rainbows and Unicorns, she w- was uh, identified as a gifted student at around, I don't know, age eight or nine or 10. And the way the schools were done then, I don't know if they do it now, but what they did was they selected gifted students, they would do testing or whatever, and they pulled her out of her class and put her in a, uh, a group of less than gifted students. Whereas so in the States, typically with the kind of thing that would happen if you identified as a gifted, go, oh, you're gifted. Let's put you in a private school. Let's put you among other people like you. The way they looked at it in Denmark, and I think in a lot of the Scandinavian countries, socialist countries, is they go, oh, well, you're way ahead here. Let's put you among the people who are below and see if we can use you to even things out. Fascinating, isn't that? Completely different set of values than how we would think. She hated it. Certainly, there's some way to split the difference there, maybe like an exchange program or something, because a, a kid who is ahead of their time needs to be around people who are like them, at least some of the time. Guess what issue she grew up with dealing with that was really difficult? Starts with the C. Guilt? Mm-hmm. guilt and
1: caretaking
0: yep she had it in spades because even at age eight or nine she somehow got that most of the kids in that class were somehow her responsibility that was how it was framed after all so as an adult she was processing this experience yeah horrifying in a way now, did it help the other kids? It's a really interesting question. You know, you could spend months in a think tank trying to solve this: how to mix kids up. There are negatives to having everyone mixed up, you know, uh, randomly. There's there's pros and cons all around. So, I think some one of the principles of splitting that difference is it's um, it's it's kicking complete and total ass in the realm of excellence. And never losing compassion for people who are not where you are. So it's like, excellence is not about being better than anyone. It's about being the fullest and best expression of who you can be. And to look at someone else and go, Oh, well, they're not as successful or whatever. They don't make as much money or they're not doing as many things. You can't absolutely know that they're not being all they can be. Maybe they're doing everything they possibly can. Maybe they're achieving excellence according to their capacity. And that's really what it's about. It's about excellence is a, a function of pursuing the fullest expression of your capacity. Because you all know like in school, there, there was, we have this expression, they're not applying themselves right? You're not really applying yourself. What does that mean? It means they see this gap between your capacity and your performance. Your capacity is yay high and your performance is here. It would be really good if they could somehow grade people on that gap. That's not really how it is. I did really well in high school and I didn't work very hard for it. I should not have gotten the grades that I did. wasn't fair because it was easy. There were other students who worked three times as hard as I did and didn't get the grades I did, didn't get the recognition I did. High school was a joke for me. It was easy. Now in college, I got my ass kicked. <laughs> that was, those were the consequences. Life was like, okay, you're about to learn some work ethic. You're about to learn some humility. So it always self-corrects. But use your gifts. You're not helping anyone by shrinking. Use your gifts be the biggest expression you can be. That puts you in a position to be able to serve others.
1: Joseph, one of the things that I did as part of that assignment this week was, besides looking at how being this person that I need to be to accomplish my goals is going to help me, I wrote out how it will help others in my life. And in, in mine is ask for help is my sort of mantra, what I've whittled it down to. And I I wrote out how by asking for help that the other people in my life, my husband, my kids, the people I work with, the people I volunteer with, will know how to be helpful, how to feel um, needed and desired. Yeah. And that was the part that got me was seeing that how I'm largely not providing that opportunity for them in my life currently. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.